welcome to Rising Issues, a foul mouse spoiler filled combo podcast where two comic fans and two non comic fans talk about controversial comic books and comic book history. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. We made, we it. made it another year. <laughs> some of us did. RIP. Uh, some show, some of our shows did, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, you, yes. you have to make sacrifices. There was a civil war, and one side loses, right? Yeah, once I got arrested, I sent this to jail. <laughs> Yes, uh, Oops, I Talk Politics was assassinated on the steps of the courthouse. No, it was put into the negative zone or whatever, <laughs> in prison there. Yeah, so um, we're talking about Civil War, uh, again, as part of our back issues. Uh, for those who never saw, listened to our previous back issues, mm-hmm. back issues is where Phil and Daryl talk about a comic that, that I'm going to say Sly and I, <laughs> Ryan and I did during the Joe era of the Vice of Issues. The so Joe not, era, yes, yeah. the Silver yeah. Age. Yeah, so we, uh, we're not going to go through it. If you want to see the full plot of... Uh, uh, full walkthrough, walk to like the fucking video game. <laughs> full read through. Um, go to watch so to our very first episode. Our very first episode, the Vice of Issues Civil War. To see see all that. What that's all about. So yeah, we'll very quickly just like the elevator pitch for Civil War. Now this will have some spoilers in it because you know, and it's also Civil War. Most people have read Civil War or at least seen the movie. Where there's a big tragedy where a reality show superhero team blows up a villain, Nitro, from our Captain Marvel episode. I was and- so shocked to see him. <laughs> Me too. I, you guys have mentioned this too on the podcast before, but it's like all these random facts just go out of our brains. So when I don't listen to anything, yeah, you guys when say- you see like Nitro show up, we're like, oh my god, I know this man. I'm like, stay away. He killed Captain Marvel. <laughs> or he almost did, I guess. <laughs> well, he technically did. He technically did. He was yeah. playing but it, it, his power isn't the thing that killed him. No. Yes, yes. Go listen and... to Captain Marvel if you want to know it did it. It's <laughs> it's cancer. Cancer. Killed. Yeah. So they blow up a bus and a town. Well, Nitro blows up and they irresponsibly yes. bring the fight over to school. I mean, yes. it blo- like they're fighting next to a fucking school and this yeah. guy explodes like, th- like 10 blocks wide. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then because of that, the United States government pushes through a Hero Registration Act, the Superhero Registration Act, and you either have to stop being a superhero or sign up and register and unmask for the government. Otherwise, if you continue being a vigilante, you go to jail. And the entire Marvel Universe is divided. The pro-registration side, led by Iron Man, Tony Stark, and the anti-registration side, led by Steve Rogers, Captain America. Basically, they fight a bunch, and really the only important things are Spider-Man is originally pro-registration. He unmasks in front of America and then realizes he made a mistake and joins the anti-registration side when Tony starts using villains. And a Thor clone goes bad and kills a hero. Uh, Thor robot clone. A Thor robot clone. You're right. (laughs) And it ends with a big fight in the middle of Manhattan and Captain America realizes that they're putting humans at risk. Regular humans. Street people. And he surrenders. Not just that. It's that the people are all on the side like it's repeated throughout it that the people prefer the registration as opposed to the vigilantes. yeah regular yes. people are like scared to have people who can explode a city just yeah. being yes. like if i you know i hope he doesn't you know <laughs> like, yeah and basically as phil and daryl mentioned earlier uh the pro registration people open a prison in the negative zone which is basically hell and that's where they keep the villains and then later the heroes that they catch mm-hmm. so uh more pointing to note is that this is a series i i I think this was before Ultimates. I, I, I couldn't believe this was Mark Millar, by the yeah. way. Yeah, this is a series, that, one of the series at least, that put Mark Millar on the map. Like, there wouldn't be no Nemesis, there wouldn't be no Unfunnies. If this it was is book. definitely the most restrained Mark Millar I've ever read. Where I was reading it, I'm like, I can't, like, it's so hard to deduce. You have one scene where uh, Sue Richards goes and talks to Namor that is almost <laughs> Mark Millar. Where he's like, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I'm like, maybe <laughs> I could pick it up here. But if I didn't, if you didn't tell me this was Mark Millar, I don't think I would have pegged it. Yep. Uh, well, uh, um, Sue wants to peg uh, Namor, am I right? Yes. <laughs> Shockingly, this was four years after Ultimates 1. Wow. Uh, he must yeah, have, so, it must have been the editing then or something. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so that makes more sense because Ultimates, just stuff like Ultimate, the Ultimate Universe, and like any Ultimate Universe usually are given to lesser-known talent to get their name recognition out. And he probably used that name, that new cloud he got from the Ultimate series to get Civil War. And Civil War was like this big Marvel event. So that pro- that's, Marvel Civil War is probably what propelled him into being like 
like an Almor level name, but yeah, uh, start with this this would be a weird event to give to to an up and comer, whereas like he established himself with ultimates and people liked his gritty reimagining of the stuff that yeah, I can see yeah. them being like. It's just it had like the elements of like the like you said the gritty. And, like, I fucking hate how much Mark Millar does, like, the one-liners. Like, they turn around and say something that is, like, so off the wall. But, like, it, it was I want to say so one much... line I really fucking hate. It's the line where, like, Spider-Man's a bunch of, bunch of people up. And Richard's, like, amazing. Spider-Man says spectacular. Yeah. That's <laughs> such a fucking corny fucking line. Fucking it is, line. but it, I feel like Spider, like in Spider-Man comics, that would be a thing. For Spider-Man? No, no, it doesn't even, doesn't even, doesn't even feel like, uh, like something Spider-Man would say. Like, he doesn't speak in, like, spectacular. When have you even fucking used the word spectacular? So. Yeah. But uh, I felt like overall, yeah. like the you know every issue of the other Mark Millar issue of comics would always end with like some like stupid twist that and some dumb one liner or like we're gonna fuck the government in the ass or something and they would end like that. <laughs> Whereas like there was issues with this like that accentuate the actual character's background and it's a one liner. Like for example, when like Daredevil gets he gets captured and taken to the negative zone mm-hmm. and he give like he had like a silver dollar under his thumb. Oh my god, this is so <laughs> hamfisted. There's an easier way to do this and Mark Millar did not find it. Yeah, but it's still a Catholic thing for Daredevil to do when he's like, yeah. "Hey, you're Judas now. See ya." I forget. I forget. I forget if we mentioned on the episode, but I, I, it's ironic because I was gonna say this. Yeah, Daredevil is not Matt Murdock at this time. It was Iron oh, Fist. Okay, so oh Matt really? Murdoch fucked up his own fucking clever writing. But okay. here's the thing. But here's the thing. I think we talked about this in our in our first episode. But yes, I, I think it's actually for an event. Even though like that's it goes against continuity and it doesn't make sense or whatever. I actually think it works better for the blockbuster event to just be like, this is Matt Murdock, Daredevil, whatever. Mm. Even though it's dumb and it's an editorial snafu. Yeah. Reading this at any other time than in 2006, this scene works way... Like, it. Daredevil should be Matt Murdock in Civil War. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like, it reminded me, I'm like, because I didn't know that he was not Matt Murdock. I was like, oh yeah, he's pretty devout Catholic. Uh, you know. It, oh, it's Mark a, Millar it's a, definitely yeah. is writing if, Matt If Murdock. it was Matt Murdock, it's really clever. It's, it's more clever than if it's not Matt Murdock. Yeah. And, but uh, I do I do agree with Ryan. If you're going to use Daredevil in an event like this, and Daredevil should probably show up in an event like this that's, that's, that's iconic, you, you want it to be that Daredevil everyone knows, and not just uh, some asshole like Iron Fist. Uh, but what happens when you have the Hulkling instead of Bruce Banner, right? Like, is that applicable? Well, that's but but that's a separate character. It's that's an character. actual separate character from a separate team. Why do they Bruce call him ba- the Hulkling then? <laughs> I mean, and he's he, big like, and green. Because everyone on that team was named after an Avengers member. Okay. Yeah. Is is this like Young Justice or something where they're all like the it's, junior versions? Uh, they're actually they're called Young Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> oh god damn! Hot take. I liked this more than the movie. Whoa, really? really? Wow! Yeah, I, 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 I uh, clarify why. Um, so I felt like defend yourself. I, I will. No, no, I, 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 I can see honestly. First, I, I felt like because you had a little bit more, uh, like they spent a little bit, a bit more time on characters that I didn't know, but want. Like I walked away from this instead of feeling like I often do, where I'm like, why are there so many goddamn characters that I don't care about? I'm like, I don't know who this Hercules guy is or whatever, but I want to learn about him because mm. uh, they give they give a lot of characters that I've never heard of interesting scenes like. Even, like, the Hulkling being able to shapeshift, I'm like, I, I don't know about him, but I'm interested to learn about him now. Yeah. I liked how, you know, the, the iconic fight of the movie was the airport fight scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I felt like there was no reason for that fight to happen the way it did. They just wanted the blockbuster yes. event. Whereas the big fight in this was very obviously Iron Man needed Roger. to get all of them in one spot to take them out at once. And so set a trap where all of his team would be there to ambush them. Mm-hmm. The Civil War, the Civil War movie is a bunch of uh, different movies put together. Yeah. One is about Iron Fist, uh, Iron Man wanting going after Winter Soldier, which that's the best movie out of all. all of, like I, no, actually, it's Black Panther going after Winter Soldier and yeah. Iron Man getting into the mix. That's the the best part of that movie. Then there's that the big fight with all the superheroes together, which has nothing to do with anything else. It has nothing to do with anything. That could have been yeah. out of the movie and not change anything. And I'm like. This is your iconic scene, but it actually has no relevance. Whereas mm. the fight here, I'm like, oh, this is a is, is a something that you would do, I think. And the registration is more crucial to the conflict in the comic than in the movie. The movie is more of a setting off point to get Iron Man after Captain America. Right. Yeah, this, cr- this has theme. an interesting central conceit of the whole, like, should superheroes register or not? Do you just let these people run around? And they explore it a lot. Like, people talk about it a lot and different aspects of it, unlike the movie, which, like, like Sly said... It's just like it, they just they introduce that as the plot, but that's just so they can fight. But here they're constantly talking about it. The only thing I want to say because I 
prefer the movie for one reason, and it's because I think this is actually, with the exception of Secret Wars, this actually, this might be my favorite Marvel event. So, like, I'm a Civil War fan. I like it even more now than when I did when we covered it, you know, those many moons ago. But one of my problems with it is the politics of it, because Mark Millar is very clearly anti-registration. And I do think that he gives Tony a lot more credit than I thought he did when I first read it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they have Tony hire supervillains kill another hero and like experiment with a friend's dna and like all these things he writes it as very clearly like an indictment on the george w bush like patriot act era america where now i read it more of a gun control story and i feel like the movie is more balanced in you get why tony's doing what he's doing and every action makes sense and same thing with steve where i do feel like this book sets up that conflict at the beginning but takes a pretty hard pro captain america stance about halfway through and that's I, yeah i disagree you know, i disagree because i i i can see what you're saying where he went down like the, the pretty dark path but mm-hmm. in, in a situation such as this where the government is like we are going to take people's guns away for in, in that allegory like People would die, like it yeah. would. It's not. It's not like a question. Uh, mm. People would say no, and then you're you're left with the choice of do you use force or not. <laughs> like he didn't try to kill a big big man or whatever his name, Goliath. Goliath. <laughs> uh, he big man. And also, <laughs> like respect. He's played by Lawrence Fishburne in the. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't Morpheus. know. Morpheus. <laughs> and to back up your point, Phil, uh, I was going to mention uh, Tony going after beating up being the shit out of Spider Man too. But in a, 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 such a tense situation, like he was gonna have to go through that's fair. Eventually. That's fair. Like yeah, he was doing things like you have to down the line eventually. Yeah. So it's like it, it, I didn't feel like he was like, oh, what a villain. He was like, I feel like my ideal is right, and I have to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And I think naturally that is what happens. That's that's what humans tend towards. Is if I need to accomplish this, things become more permissible. I also so, think, like I also don't think that it was so pro Captain America because they made multiple illusions that Captain America is going too far and. He He's stressing people out and he's breaking them. And then at the end, like, it didn't feel like Malar was going against what the, the the message at the end was, where it's like, superheroes are supposed to be for the people, and that's why Captain America turned himself in, because he's like, we're no longer for the people if we keep fighting against what they want. And that didn't feel like Malar was trying to say the opposite of that, where it's like, no, superheroes should be mm-hmm. about vigilantism. It was more about, like, the growing pains of the old superheroes versus, like, the new vanguard. And, well, and I agree I, that the... the, the the connotation is that Captain America is right, but like from the feelings perspective, you're like, oh, I, yeah. like come on, Cap. But like at the same time, the adult argument is like it's painful, but you have to do this. Someone in there specifically said that your brain says Tony Stark, but your heart says Captain America. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. That's how I felt because I'm like, it sucks, and I, I want Cap. I, part of me like wants Cap to mm-hmm. be like, no, freedom is more important. But at the same time, there's your brain that's like, I understand why this might be necessary. Yeah. So I completely stand corrected because <laughs> I well because I always felt like to a first time reader I felt it was more pro cap than on rereads. But if you guys are reading it for the first time and feel that it is pretty even handed and balanced, yeah. then I was extrapolating and projecting based on mine and Joe's no, first reading. No, no, uh, right. That's what I want to mention. That's because uh, at the time everyone thought uh, it was such a common complaint. That they actually retconned Iron Man, that he wiped his memory of all of this to become Salvage as a character. Marvel oh, wow. itself regretted this so much, the decision with Iron Man here, they had totally wipe his memory away. I saw, there's a lot of like comments below in the, on this website, and there's a lot of people being like, fuck Iron Man, he's garbage, yeah. this is garbage ending stupid series. And I just, I wonder if in like our... Like, especially because it opens with what is the equivalent of a school shooting, you know, in the Marvel Universe. I wonder if that has completely changed the politics of the book in a way that, like, somehow Mark Millar has aged better? (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, the work is a life of its own. I also think Phil and Daryl are more politically minded. They're able to disconnect their feelings more from yes. yeah. their, their what what they want for the country. Like they're not going to vote Trump because Trump speaks yeah, to them. Yeah, we're not libertarians. We're not sitting here being like, no, my right to do this is more important than like the ramifications. Yeah, I sympathize yeah. with Cap a lot actually, yeah. but. If I was like, I have to make a choice, I would probably vote pro registration. Yeah. In, in yeah. the very beginning, you should not have like a bunch of idiots hunting down Nitro, a guy that can blow himself up. It's like a bunch of reality show. <laughs> yeah, let's. This is clearly something's wrong when this is happening. And and, and I was and I was like uh, reading about uh, New Warriors because like New Warriors was a team like like this was like the, a team that basically got their reputation tarnished because of the story. 
but like, uh, and I talked about it in this little episode, but reading it, it's actually a clever inversion of the, of the status quo because uh, the New York Warriors did become a reality show at the time and Speedball, which is a fucking goofball, he led the team. And like in a comic book world, a character like Speedball who bounces around, his power is literally to bounce around, he has a bouncing cat. Uh, that makes sense, but in a serious world where things are actually supposed to be realistic, a character like that would be reckless and destructive. He would not be uh, amusing. You, uh, you would not put lives in the hands of somebody like Speedboy mm. or Speedball, what the fuck the name is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, actually, that's really fair. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I do also want to say about why I say this is my favorite Marvel event, it might not be the one that I enjoy reading the most, but one of the reasons why I think it's so effective is because we talked about this with Civil War II, where there's a lot of important scenes that are left for tie-ins. And I actually, people are going to shame me probably, but I own every Civil War tie-in. <laughs> on my bookshelf how but many is that, that that's not giving me a good like shame uh <laughs> probably a good like 20 trades <laughs> okay that's that's, it's a, that's lot. a lot <laughs> they just they their spines line up and they look so pretty but whatever so my main thing is that in most marvel events the story doesn't work without at least the core tie-ins for a book like this i would expect you to have to read captain america and iron man at the time and I actually like the Captain America and Iron Man tie-ins quite a lot, but I feel like this event, you really can just read this event and get the complete full effect of the mm. story. And like they don't leave Peter Parker's like decisions and stuff out. You see them in the book. Yeah. And that's one thing the tie-ins enhance it a lot, but like it very much doesn't feel like I miss anything when I read Civil War. I feel like I could give someone Civil War and they can get the whole story where you can't do that with a lot of events. Hmm. I, I could see that. I, I felt like I, I I wasn't missing anything reading this, and I I was so I was when I saw Mark Meyer, I'm like, fuck! I didn't actually <laughs> I didn't I don't think I even listened to your guys' original Civil War episode, so I was like, I kind of know what it's about the registration thing, but I I was not expecting to enjoy it, and then by mm-hmm. the end, I'm like, that was I think that was good. Yep. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it too. It also helps that Steve McNiven's art is, I think, top, like top notch yeah, in this yeah. book. It's my favorite one book from him. I also yeah. like uh, Doctor Strange, uh, who is. Powerful enough to like own everyone in the movies. He's I feel like he always gets down down powered because they have to. But here he's like, I just I shouldn't mess with this. So I'm gonna go meditate. <laughs> he, here in the he's like, I'm it. so powerful. I don't want to influence anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it. Another thing we talked about. In the episode. They do a really good job showing why why certain powerful people stay out because when you're at that power level. You could just decide the conflict by yourself, and right. th- then it's up to you to decide politics of, of America. And like, do you want to do that as Doctor Strange, as opposed to supposed to be like this curator of life, some sort of supreme kind of? Character? I do think it's funny that the government shows up to his mansion to be like, "Hey, we're gonna have to register you," and he's like, "He they, he went to another dimension or something." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the first controversy you guys are on board with, which is the Iron Man's actions. Now the second controversy, which is more dumb. Clone robot uh, Thor. <laughs> oh, what my that's probably that. the weakest part of the book. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 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 the, the speculation at the time, I, I don't know if it was ever proven to be true, just like uh, uh, people speculated that Mark Millar forgot that Daredevil was not supposed to be memorable. Oh, that Thor was he dead? He forgot that Thor was supposed to be dead at that point. So <laughs> they, they reeled him and he's like, oh shit, he's a robot Thor. Well, so, okay, one thing that I have to point out is in the Road to Civil War Fantastic Four arc that preceded this book, it ends with someone picking up a bag that's fallen right by Thor's hammer with Donald Blake's initials. It was supposed to hint that Thor was about to come back from the dead. So, I think it's your mind last minute. I think that, that was a, a Yeah, I think they decided to wait and have JMS launch Thor right after this. Uh-huh. Because, like, why waste it where he shows up and murders somebody? <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's dumb. And it actually, that's one of the moments that did kind of, like hurt characters going forward because that's the thing is like reed richards and iron man that's the moment where it's like yeah it's it's one thing if a fight gets out of hand but they lured them into a trap and then had a like clone of a god show up and electrocute everybody that's like one of the like maybe they went too far kind of moments mm-hmm. but, but they it, it, he was supposed to be programmed not to kill i know that's why like you i'm coming more around it after hearing you guys talk about that it. was also just like so weird like the the fact that it was like programmed not to kill but something went wrong and it doesn't give you a satisfying explanation as yeah. to what went wrong it's just reed richards doing an operation on thor's brain being like i think i fixed it maybe uh, spoilers yeah. it's because hank pym is a scroll in disguise <laughs> are you serious I, I think, I, 
Yeah, eventually. I think at the time, um, it, 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 that was like. Oh my god, the Hulkling was acting as Hank Pym, who's actually a scroll. <laughs> but that uh, was definitely like a retcon to save Hank Pym's character, yeah, yeah. who was pretty damaged by this. Yeah, but I think that that, that excuse that it was a robot and he had a circuit fighting his brain, I think that was plausible like, deniability, so no one's character gets completely tarnished. Like, it was yeah. a deliberate attempt to murder their, their friends. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which I feel like that would be so much more impactful if you have something like that echoes the initial thing where it's superheroes trying to stop Nitro and then he blows up and causes death and you have superheroes fighting each other and some of them just don't know like how powerful they might be. Like I could easily see Thor accidentally killing someone that he's just trying to subdue. It, it, but the, the one of the weird things about that is like if that happens in this event like that should happen pretty often because they're yeah. all so powerful that yeah. I don't know how they don't fry each other like often. Yeah, and, and, and that always leads to a problem. Like you, you, you uh, they have events so many, so many, so often. Uh, like they already have this problem, I think now where the X Men have done so many atrocities, um, <laughs> and I always bring it up. Like they should be fucking in jail. All the time. But, um, uh, like if you want to even add to that, these characters have to be mass murderers too, even more so than they already are. Yeah, uh, I I think that they do that so these characters aren't just monsters on page. Like they have to have soapy heroes at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. makes it more boring. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, it's always a question between the standalone story and it as a universe. Like you, it might yeah. work. For That's the story, a, you know what? Like, That's why I like Green Arrow because he just at the end of the day he kills Prometheus, right? <laughs> yeah. So Sly, I have a question for you because we've talked about this kind of trope a lot and. So the new warriors, you said it's an inversion. It makes sense and everything. And I know that's been one of your big sticking points in the past. Yeah. But they kill Goliath here, and Goliath is not a character in the story until this moment. Yeah. Are you okay with that now? I'm, no, I'm not. I mean, I, I, when, I clarify, <laughs> when, when I clarify in the warriors thing, I should clarify. I thought it was clever using the status quo at the time. Not that I'm like this is great, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. It shows it shows that Mark Millar was actually considering stuff when writing it. Mm. Uh, Goliath was just lazy though. Goliath's stuff was just lazy. I okay, mm. but it is also the moment that like really. I mean, I guess that is, like, the definition of fridging, but it, like, ups the stakes pretty hard. Yeah. But, yeah, that's... I just... I wanted to revisit that, because I know, like, that was a big... That's been a point of contention for you in a lot of stories. Yeah, it was more, well, like, uh, uh, we discussed this story could have bad things, like a robot yeah, yeah, yeah. door, and still be good overall, I think. Absolutely. Well, is Hercules a god? Yeah, yes. it's actually Hercules. Hercules. Okay. He fought Thor. Like, he was yeah, like, I was like, I, I was really interested in him because I'm like, he seems like a Thor, like uh, a god level character. I've never heard of him besides like mythology. Hercules is so much fun. He's basically Thor without the like drama where he's yeah. just like, let's just get drunk and sleep with women and go on adventures. And like, yeah. he is like the classical kind of Hercules. Yeah, mm. that's cool. I like uh, recognizing Captain Marvel in this. Oh, yeah, he shows, yeah. up, right? he shows oh, up to fly yeah. in. I'm it's, like, it's when it's all guy. like the clone superheroes and Captain Marvel shows up. I was just like, this is a low blow Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you guess what what the backstory behind him is? Is there a backstory here? Like, why, why is Captain Marvel there in 2003 after he's dead for 20 years? 2006, but whatever. Wait. 2006, yeah. <laughs> was he not just like a clone of Captain Marvel specifically? That, is, uh, that, was, a, that was a scroll. Uh Oh, everyone's my God, a everyone's scroll. a scroll. That's actually what's really funny is we uh, talked about this on the first episode, and I said the same thing where I was like, oh, I thought he was just like because it was all the clones. And so I was like, no, he came back and he was a scroll, and it was like this weird status quo, but they like hit him on that page so that if you were like a fan of that status quo, you'd be like, hey, he's here, but everyone else could just completely hand wave it. Yeah, they were saying how that's the best way to handle something like that. Where if you know who he is, you'll be like, hey, he's here. Yeah. I, want to, I want to read more about him. But if you don't know what it is, it doesn't matter at all. He just shows up and he doesn't say anything about him. Like, it's mm -hmm. just... Wait, is this why Cap is in jail and gets shot? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. This is why Cap is in jail and gets shot. I had no idea. That, that, see, those two events existed in like a vacuum for me. I was like, I know he gets shot at some point on steps of a courthouse. But now I'm like, oh, he was getting probably... He, he was, he was getting arraigned for this. Right. Yeah, that's, that's when they assassinate him, and that's you know. With a time bullet that sends it back in time. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I knew about that. I was like, that. Wow, that is pretty satisfying that's and so interesting. Powerful. Now I'm like, never mind. Fuck, <laughs> fuck comics. It was like a sass call while lasted. Uh, Bucky became Captain America. I'm gonna shoot myself good. with a time it's bullet. Very good. What to before you heard about this? Guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before I met you guys. See ya. <laughs> 
So overall, it sounds like you guys like this Mark Millar book. I really liked it. You guys, it sounds like you guys like this Mark Millar guy. I hope you guys like have a store for you. I was so shocked at how much I liked it. It's funny because like we waded through so much trash and garbage where it's like the podcast, like a device of issues started with this where now it's taken us Phil and I so long to get to this point where we're like, oh, okay, there are things he can actually write. There were, there were still parts that I thought were like, like I wouldn't do, like even at the very beginning when they're like driving yeah, the truck through the roadblock and then it teleports at the last second. And I'm like, but that, you know, you'd see that in a Hollywood movie too. Yeah, yeah, and, that stuff's fun. Yeah. I was thinking of the stuff where they're just like how um someone brings in like two villains to see Captain America and Punisher just weighs lace to them. I'm like, okay, Oh, I cool. love that. Too. I like that too. You guys do like that? I thought that's what you hated, just like killing C-list or Z-list characters. Would would Punisher not shoot C-list? <laughs> and Punisher, and Punisher did this a lot during that time too. That was an era of Punisher killing, like he basically cleaned up shop with like all these random D-list villains anyway. And so also like, thematically, that's really important because that's right around the same time that Tony is recruiting villains and it shows that like there's people on both sides that are willing to compromise and there's also people on both sides that are not willing to compromise their morals. Yeah, Punisher is a more, more, more uh, like... Consistent. Hard line. Consistent. What a reversal. I, over I did not expect you guys to defend the murder of the Jester and, like, Jack-O-Lantern. No, it was Goldbug and the Plunderer, okay? <laughs> uh, those two also died in the Punisher. If you remember, Jester dies in the first issue of Civil War 2. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> The, the, the He's writer, dead. Uh, <laughs> no. At the time, it pissed me off, but it, it's like it's, it happened. Like it's a different thing being a friend now and meeting it when it, when it happened. Because um, mm-hmm. you're you're like, oh, this character could come back, but he's dead now. But uh, now he's been dead for so long that like I guess I I I, I accept uh, more of the thematic uh, importance rather than. Well, you look back then at like Heroes in Crisis, and you'll be like, I'm glad Hotshot's dead. This was a good place. <laughs> hey, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers for the first fucking page or whatever. I'm just warming up. <laughs> Um, see, this is what we were saying that we always said at the beginning of the show, where we're like, see, like, when Mark Millar has a good editor and he's reined in, he's great. And this is the only thing I've seen. This is the only thing I've seen where he's great. Yeah. But yeah. that's the thing is, like, and now, like, the more shit Mark Millar that we, we've read, it's funny because, like, I forget that Civil War, his Marvel Knights Spider-Man run, and Red Sun are books I like a lot because I can't think of that as Mark Millar. I think of that <laughs> as, like, an editor. <laughs> that, that's what he wrote. He was tra- that, that's, that was his job interview for Marvel. Now, now he's, like... Now he's like on a job, like drinking and smoking, and, uh, <laughs> sexually harassing people. Like that was his job interview to get into your hearts. Now he's now he's just fucking around. He got the job. Yeah. He got tenure. He can do what the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. I guess Kingsman was okay too. Uh, yeah, King. yeah, that that was. On but the was it side. like was it as good as Civil War? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. No, he he dropped no matter what, no matter how you view it, he dropped in quality. And yeah. I find it funny because uh, like like what Ryan suggested. We, we reverse where we started with Civil War. But it's just funny because Joe, he got the Mark Millar image that everyone had, like, deconstructed in front of him. He saw Civil War, he saw Trouble, and he's like, this is great. And then he read uh, Wanted, he's like, what the fuck is this? Like, I can't believe but this is what happened. The thing that's so weird is that, like, Wanted was three years before Civil War. Yeah, this is this is the side he has like secret identity. This is what's his like uh, children, children in the basement that he hid from the, from the people. Or Maybe Mark Millar kept rebooting himself and trying to be on the good path, and then he gave up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, corrupted for good. Yeah, the Edge Lord keeps coming back. He's like he's like Magneto in the X Men movies. They have to become his family. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. I also like. I really feel like if this was later, Mark Millar. When Sue Richards goes to Namor, like they would have like been banging like on yeah. on, on camera. It, yeah, it yeah. would show them like in bed together already. Yeah, yeah. it's also the they don't really they were real that they they've been doing it forever. Reed knew the whole entire time. Reed liked that he took a perversion in watching them. And yeah. the thing is, there's also there is some like Malar like over the top edgelordness, but like it usually makes more thematic sense. Like okay, it starts with like a. A, a lot of people, a lot of children dying. Yeah. And, like, normally, when a Millar book starts like that, it's for no reason. But this, then, the it, world reacts to the atrocity yeah, that this Yeah, it, it doesn't revel in the tragedy like a lot of the other Millar does, where it's like, and then I raped this cop. There's, there's a bomb going off. There's the outline of the bomb in the background, and then there's Captain America and the other superheroes standing in the ruins, and it's like very somber. Like, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, not human like beings. yeah, like yeah. human beings that are sad about things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, any more final comments on Civil War before we move on to our best of the year? I wish the X Men were in it more, but you know, I'll that's fine. 
They had just been genocided, so... <laughs> I am still blown away how many characters I don't recognize when I was reading this. I was, like, <laughs> I was, just, I was thinking I recognized so many more than I would have, like, a year ago. Sure, and I agree with that. I'm just like, there is no bottom, though. I will never find every character in, in Marvel history or DC and history. And that's the funny thing, because I hear that, like, that's cool, all the potential, and you're like, no, I could never get to master <laughs> this skill of comic knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It, who is Patriot Bulletproof? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, what? Who, who is Patriot? God damn. <laughs> so, uh, Patriot's actually we're gonna we're gonna talk about Patriot at some point because I really want to do. Uh, oh, it was his shield he was holding. Okay. Please don't yeah, say really, he's your I, favorite character. No, it's not that he's my favorite <laughs> character. It's just his. Okay, the TLDR real quick is his grandpa was a black soldier that was part of a battalion that they tested the super soldier serum on before. Steve Rogers because they wanted to try it out on black people first behind the scenes because it was the forties and it was the American military Mm -hmm. and Patriot picks up, like he finds this story out because his grandpa at this point is like completely paralyzed and just sits in a chair all day because of effects from the not ready serum. And he, takes up his mantle and he's like I want to honor this great American soldier that like pretty much like gave us Captain America but nobody ever knows about because it was top secret because it was fucked up Hmm. that is to me a fascinating premise yeah and I would love to cover that book and also Young Avengers at some point so that's just your little taste so so he's your favorite hero I get it (laughs) (laughs) alright so now we're going to do the best and the worst of the year the comics uh, we loved and we hated the most. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm gonna do like uh, best and runner up. Uh, so I, the best, the worst overall was yeah. So we're, we're doing s- worst s- first. Yep. Yeah, worst first. First is the yeah. worst. Second is the best. Third, we're done. No, we all get hairy chest. <laughs> and you can lick my chest. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> good. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so my honorable mention, I guess you want to call it, because if we count like individual Patreon episodes. Uh, oh yeah, we're. Patreon episodes don't count. But I'm going to just mention anyway. Yeah, sure. Okay. Patreon, uh, Patreon. Sure. Uh, Heroes in Crisis number two is the worst thing I've read in years. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 for those who know, who knows no Patreon, we decided to do the new DC event called Heroes in Crisis about like basically like a bunch of D-listers dying while tr- trying to get uh, a mental therapy. And the second issue... Uh, it's complete bullshit, and <laughs> when I read it, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. We're, we're going to cancel this fucking idea. I don't want to read this shit anymore. Uh, but third issue did pick it up, but it's still probably irredeemably uh, garbage, and I just want to list that as my honorable mention. The reason why, like, part of the reason is that in it, if you don't know, Harley Quinn manages to beat Superman, Batman, and Wonder <laughs> Woman at the same time. <laughs> yes. Uh, Harley Quinn is a better ninja than Batman. <laughs> yeah, and Superman every... concludes the bell by saying, she's as good as you yeah. <laughs> to Batman. <laughs> she, she's, and, she's, and she's able to outrun Superman, apparently, because they say, like, you won't be able to get me before I, I do this to Batman. So Superman's like, you're right, I can't get to you in time. You super speed to Harley Quinn. Even though there are people who he is as fast as who can, like, walk around the world yeah. in a second, it's like, I guess I'll do it. Too fast. <laughs> too fast. <laughs> Batman, I'm not that fast. I can't get her. Uh, so my, my top pick is Ultimates by Mark mm, Millar. Good pick, good pick. Yeah, so... Yes. Uh, Can you remind me what that one was? I blocked it. Uh, this A stands for France. Uh, for Hulk smash Hulk Horny? Prince Jr. Hulk yeah, wanna Hulk smash. Hulk wanna smash. <laughs> <laughs> smash. Smash that pussy. Uh, <laughs> Hank Pym's... Be- Hank Pym <laughs> what was the plot? Yeah, yes. a lot. Really brutally. The aliens... It's basically a bunch of scrolls. Oh, yeah, they, were was, the, they were the Nazis. They were the not scrolls that yeah, were... Yeah, it has, oh. has no payoff except that one issue where it happens. It doesn't get mentioned ever again in the other issue. That they're they're yeah. just Nazis. Mm-hmm. No, no, every every issue feels like Mark Millar wrote it like self-contained because nothing flows into each other. There's no themes, really. We oh, tried, one we, thing I... <laughs> we, tried to, we tried to analyze themes about toxic masculinity. We read the first part. We were like, this is, this is potential. Mm-hmm. Then we read the second part and we realized this is not leading to anything. It's just fucking Mark Millar writing whatever it feels like and it's dumb and I don't like it. Uh, one thing I do want to say, uh, the only reason why Ultimates 1 Volume 2 is great is because uh, someone named James, who has never interacted with us after this, wrote in just to say... Hey, excuse me, but one of the things you think is a plot hole, uh, Mark Millar explained, and he's actually a lot better than you think. <laughs> uh, it's because we shit on him a lot, and he, uh, now that I know, yeah, James now I know, right. he can he do was better. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, James. You're right. It all comes yeah. around. Oh, uh, James wins hey. a year later. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, speaking of our fans, they all call us idiots when we said the first part that this story has potential, Ultimate has potential. They were right in the second half. Uh, we were wrong. <laughs> we will never debt you again, fans. Uh, Mark Millar's... 
It's no. almost clear redeemable. Now he is. Let's he, not speak I cannot for all wait for Ultimates 2 because I remember liking it way more than Ultimates 1, and I probably was wrong. <laughs> hmm. All right, so tell us your favorite story, Ryan. Uh, oh, your, your least favorite. Least favorite story. Least favorite. So I feel like I should say Ultimates 2 because I like liked Ultimates 1. Like, again, I keep saying this. The second half of Ultimates 1, because I liked it so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, you said Ultimates 2 in the beginning. So you, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm very confused. Yeah. Yeah, I think that just, to me, is just where it's at, though. Because, like, I liked Ultim- the first half so much, and I was like, really put myself out there. And then the second half was just the worst. <laughs> I think you guys convinced me that Kingsman was better than that. Because we did Kingsman this year, too. Yeah, yeah I gotta yeah. say Ultimates 1, Volume 2. That's pretty damn thing. Uh, Mar- uh, uh, Mark Millar Marvel work that's worse than fucking solo Mark Millar. That's yeah. Crazy. Man. So, yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Daryl? It's Phil next. In- oh, Phil, sorry. <laughs> I forget that prior order. Go ahead. Yeah. Cool. We have to go in order. Uh... <laughs> Uh, this one's tough because I don't like anything we ever do on the show, so it's like everything's my least favorite. <laughs> I should say Mark Millar because I do hate him a lot. But I think as far as like things I enjoyed reading the least, it was probably those like Mr. Miracle Stanley. <laughs> oh, the ones the ones of people... The, the funky Flashman. The people dunking on Stanley. Yeah, the critiques of him. I don't think I enjoyed reading those at You didn't all. like Angel and the Ape? I don't even <laughs> The one with the monkey it. and the woman... And we've, we've read a lot of monkey stories. Oh, that's the one where he's like, I need these three books <laughs> yeah. to save the world. No, that, oh, that's, no. The, <laughs> that's, that's our Patreon exclusive. <laughs> okay, so we have more monkey books this year than we thought. That's, I know it's for a Patreon episode. Go check out our monkey episode on Patreon. God damn, I can't. It's because what happens each week is we do something I don't want to do, and then I block it out of my memory. So, like, I just I don't remember most of the stuff we so, did. Uh, Phil's choice is his entire podcast as a whole, like, and the whole song and everything, and all the fans and everything related to it. Yeah, I try to not remember you guys, but I disliked that a lot. I disliked all about when uh, the Joker was the ambassador to Iran. You love that, right? No, uh, that one I don't think it was like the worst thing I've ever read, it was just not good yeah. at all. Uh, Identity Crisis pissed me off a lot, even though I, I think, again, that's not, like, the worst thing I've ever read, but it was not good. I, I, I thought Identity um, Crisis was plenty good, plenty fine. But you really, like, the maybe, ending kind of ruined it for you. Maybe, maybe that I'm, I can't remember anything besides the fact that she cheated to, to do all that stuff. Oh, like, yeah, no, that's true, where it's like, I don't think, I think more about how it came together rather than the logistics of that none of it can actually make sense. Where I'm like, I, I yeah, this is a good I, twist, I got, I'm like, I did not I, see this coming. I'm too stuck yeah. on it, I, I think, like, that stuff. Yeah, so I I just let like said a bunch of things and ultimates obviously now that I'm looking back to Hulkhorny and stuff and uh, uh, picked so far like three things <laughs> yeah that's a lot yeah right. okay. but, but number one's probably the Stanley uh, Funky Flash Man mm-hmm. uh. I think so I I just I really just I, I was not enjoying reading them at all mm. and so I'm kind of similar to Phil in that like I don't dislike the most stuff that's like really bad. Like the problem with Mark Millar is often he is very entertaining, even if it's in a very pulpy, schlocky, disgusting mm-hmm. manner. And th- the worst for me is just anything that I'm not like enthused to read or that I feel like is failing its premise. And we actually we did not read that much bad this year because I-, I was looking through the list and I was just really trying to figure out what it is I really dislike. And I think what I have to come up with is the successors to Captain Marvel appearances where you have like after Captain Marvel dies, it kept trying to introduce all these new people to be Captain Marvel and like none of them did anything for me. And I'm like, it it just it's interesting to learn the history. Like I find that valuable, but the material in and of itself is so dry and boring and predictable and doesn't go anywhere. The stuff with Genis later on, the episode we did after where he goes crazy. That I like, but like the the pre-genus, like the 90s stuff or Miss Marvel or even when it introduced Monica, like none of that was doing anything. It, it felt like work having to read that. Well, it's like you said in the episode itself that these all, uh, when you read a bunch of introductions, character introductions, they all bleed together after yes. a while. Like it's, they all just yeah. have the same beats. Yeah, and, and it's just crazy so many times that you're trying to reboot this character and just nothing sticks where it's like, I'm not like, ooh, what's the, like the next issue like? It's just like, yeah, <laughs> get me out of here. Yeah. Because it's just like the, why does this exist? Like, why? what story are you yeah. trying to tell here? And a lot of them is just like, we need this character to exist. Can I say, I'm surprised no one picked the Stanley Just Imagines. I thought about that. They weren't atrociously they uh, bad or anything. They're just... Mm. Yeah, they were just like stupid in a lot of ways, but like, not like... Mm. The worst. They're also they're also kind of entertainingly stupid in a lot of cases. Like they're like basically like sixties 
comics written in the modern era. I think a lot of them are comparable to the Captain Marvel new appearances, though, where it's just like, here's a new status quo that we're not really going to follow up on very much, and it's just like, here you go. Yeah, uh, they're, they're definitely like not great, but uh, they didn't offend me or anything. I'm just like, this is dumb. And they had like some interesting ideas, unlike a lot of these Captain Marvel intros, like the Wonder Woman that's thing true, being true. like the the Peruvian woman. Well, like we always... Like we always said, what's the fucking concept for Captain Marvel? Nothing. Like, it's just like, we need to have this license. Like, yeah. yeah. That's the concept for it. Well, like, just imagine you had the Peruvian Wonder Woman. It's funny. Ironically, there's su- Stanley Superman is a ripoff of his Captain Marvel, the one where he's a spaceman yeah. coming to Earth. He has a rival on Earth. It's the same exact shit. My God, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Which is why me and uh, Ryan were less cool, were interested in it. Because if you read up Stan Lee, even his Just Imagine shit was super fucking derivative. Yeah. But it's yeah. at least, like, not offensive or anything. So okay, Sly, let's turn over a new leaf and go positive. What was your favorite thing? For, we could... Go into 2019. Yes. Yeah, let's look to you know, the, the future. All right, so my two honorable mentions, which I will pick, um, uh, if, if I just pick it overall, it will be uh, Captain Marvel, uh, the, the stuff that Daryl mentioned, the Genesis Phil as uh, going mad stuff. Yeah, written by Peter David, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Punch 2099. <laughs> you could guess. <laughs> yeah, of course. You can guess from my choices what kind of choice like the gravity source. I was almost betting that that was going to be your favorite, and I am yeah. wrong. <laughs> but uh, if I have to pick one that I haven't read yet, because I read a little bit ready, it will be Uzumaki. Mm. Mm. Uzumaki was yeah. excellent. Yeah. Uzumaki, for people that don't know, that's about the town that's infested with spirals. Oh, yes. yes. Spiral yes. town. Yeah. Our Halloween episode. And it, it, it gets crazy. So my favorite... I, if Sly gets two honorables, I'm going to mention two honorables. Sure. <laughs> But for but my favorite moment of the year, I think, was when we did the Black Panther versus the KKK episode, mm-hmm. because the thing that really stood out to me about that episode was the moment when we did the woman was telling the story about how her grandpa fought the KKK and she was imagining if Black Panther was there, how he would have saved her. And my favorite moment was Phil, who, as we established just mere moments ago, usually hates all this schlock, was just like, oh, this is so good. This is what superheroes are about. And like that, <laughs> to me, like a story that shows without me going on a lecture about how like the metaphor of a superhero is powerful for people. Like, I feel like that story did a really, really good job at showcasing mm-hmm. that. And like, that was definitely my favorite moment. But the other honorable mention that I want to have is the best of Stanley episode we did because at the time, it was already, like, I feel like we did, at least Sly and I did a good job at laying out why Stanley meant so much to us. And especially since, you know, pretty soon after that, he passed away. And, like, I'm seeing, like, in, you know, there's just Stanley quotes that pop up everywhere. And, like, I feel like those stories did a really, really good job at representing why he means so much to me. And I, I'm glad that we did that episode when we did, so it wasn't, like, cashing in on it or, or like... Or making fun of a dead man. Yeah, yeah. very disrespectful. Yeah, and not even, like, I think that, like, you shouldn't make fun of dead people when they're bad or anything, but, like, it's more that, like, it felt a lot less tacky when we did the episode on our terms, Mm -hmm. and I feel like we could be more critical, but also more, like, upfront about our, you know, the flaws and the positives that maybe are through, that would be a little more rose-colored glasses now, but my overall favorite, and I know I'm very long-winded always, (laughs) but I want to get the title right, because I always get it wrong. My lesbian experience with yes. loneliness. <laughs> so my yeah. overall favorite this year was my lesbian experience with loneliness because it was totally, it was the most unexpected. It caught me so far off guard because I had no idea what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like a goofy, like I, I thought it was going to be hentai to be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me too. I, too. I went down, picked it. I'm like, okay, we're going to watch porn now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it really, like there were moments, especially like when I listened back to the episode, there were moments that I was like, wow, I feel like we were really, like, opening up a lot about, like, our own experiences with things, and that's usually what we saved for oops. Our own lesbian experiences with loneliness. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, but, like, the way she talked about anxiety and being a creative person with anxiety and the pressures of family and society and stuff, and, like, I was not expecting anything, and it, like, that's the kind of book that's going to stick with me for a really long time. And it definitely gets my vote for favorite of the year. Hmm. Phil? Uh, so I guess I'll just have a million as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you want to call out like, certain stuff you want to call out just for being good, I think we should Yeah, do yeah. Yeah. I was going to pick Uzumaki because I think out of everything we read this year, that has stuck with me the hardest. I, I remember almost every story mm-hmm. in that. without have, like I have such a hard time remembering all the shit we do because I just, I'm not, I guess it doesn't hook me mm-hmm. as much. But Uzumaki really stuck with me and I, I think about it sometimes. 
So I wanted to pick that as my favorite, but I wanted to stick with the more traditional superhero comics because that's more like uh, what I'm trying to get into in Divisive, yeah. right? So I think Uzumaki would be like my honorable mention along with the Stan Lee uh, the best of? one that Ryan just mentioned, the best of. I really liked the Spider-Man, If This Be My Destiny one. I really liked... Uh, even the, the the Fantastic Four, this man, this monster one, where oh, yeah. uh, they're falling into the negative zone, and then the fake Ben <laughs> saves him and goes to hell forever. I'm like, these are these, they were really good. That makes good. me so happy. <laughs> I am really surprised you didn't pick the death of Captain Marvel. That's my so those oh, are my okay. Sorry. <laughs> spoilers. My favorite. Yeah, my favorite is oh, the death of Captain right, you're Marvel. You're right. I thought that. Okay, my mistake. Yep. <laughs> Well, that, that's yeah. that's a proud thing that uh, we we got, actually got a, a Phil to pick uh, an actual comic over a manga. <laughs> an actual comic. I mean, a modern yeah. Western comic. Actual comic. And for Phil, for Phil, for Phil. Phil to give honorable <laughs> mention to Silver Age comics, like that's we did it, guys. We did it. Yeah, we got they, they were they really impressed me, but nothing impressed me more than the death of Captain Marvel for sure. I told I said this on the episode, but it made me care about a character a lot that I had no interest in whatsoever before this. It had really interesting ideas talking about uh, like mortality, and that's something I always like gravitate towards in fiction, which says something about my own uh, insecurities. But it's still it, it's it was a very compelling uh, like philosophical discussion and brought in a lot of characters that showed how important this guy was to the universe, and then had that really cool like allegorical fake battle that was mm. just him grappling with as he died. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I really that stuck yep. with me as well. That that was that was a really good one. Uh, so uh, we already know Daryl Doom Knight twenty ninety nine Sorcerer Doom. <laughs> yeah, Doctor uh, Doom right. makes a flesh coat for himself. <laughs> no, I'm at, I'm gonna do the same thing with you guys. I'm gonna do two honorables and then I'm gonna pick my one. I'm not picking Uzumaki for any of this mainly because I think it's more interesting to pick all the other stuff I haven't read before. And uh, my first honorable mention is the one where Doctor Strange fights Dormammu for all of Steve yes. Ditko's art because it was so was really cool. wild and crazy. And it was just like such an odyssey, that whole journey that ended with Doctor Strange grappling with Dormammu as like the cosmos watches for the fate of the universe. Man, there is a lot of Stan Lee in both our best and worst of. I'm so happy. Especially for Daryl, who, like, when we first started doing, like, old comics, she's like, I'll never like this shit. He's always talking on these pages. I fucking hate it. Yeah, him. yeah. It's it's one of those where it's just, I have to get into the, the writing and not feel like I'm reading something where I already, like, know the outcome or I'm not invested in anything. That just makes me so happy because we lost Lee and Ditko this year. Mm-hmm. And like to know that like their work holds up to people that aren't just Sly and I, really. (laughs) Yeah, that people can get into it that haven't been exposed to them before. Yeah, I'm gonna take some Sly and I. (laughs) Oh, every time you say Sly and I, I want to be like Sly and I, and I just don't. (laughs) But same thing. You guys keep saying honorables. I'm like uh, presiding the honorable (laughs) Daryl. My second honorables pick is uh, Thanos Quest. Like yeah. I, oh, yeah, I, was expecting I really dug I Thanos Quest. I thought that was amazing. That immediately got me super into Jim Starlin, where I was like, I, I trust this guy with any any property. It's like, go, sure, go ahead, give it to him. As long as it's not the Joker being an Iranian. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because like I look back on that now as not just like something like really bad or dumb. But I'm like, this is a visionary really trying to like step outside of his boundary yeah. here and play with politics. I, I can't remember what Thanos Quest is about in our notes on. <laughs> you weren't there for Thanos Quest. You weren't there for the episode. H- Henry was there. Henry. Oh, yeah. okay, that's why. Because I just I'm like I'm trying to read this and I'm like trying to decipher it. Thanos says a bargain with collector. Runner shows up. He thinks he's one but now he's old but now he's a baby <laughs> Thanos Spoilers Thanos trains him yeah that was our crossover with Midtown Comics with Henry yeah that's that the one okay, I, that, comic that I think sense. Phil should go back and read since it's written by the same guy that did Death of Captain Marvel yeah, it's and really it, it is okay. really fantastic but my all-star this was the easiest pick this year is my lesbian experience with loneliness i really got into it as soon as i i read it and then i was really pitching for it for group to read which if anyone doesn't know what that is it's uh this girl's memoirs about growing up and her problems with relating to other people and that she hires a prostitute to lose that like finally have sex with someone yeah. yep and yeah. it's a great so story good. yeah yeah if you feel any kind of insecurities you'll probably relate to it to some degree yeah yeah and if you if you're expecting a lot of sexy time, it's not that. Else, <laughs> maybe he was expecting when he read it. You always bring that up. To... I just find it funny because when Daryl suggested, he's like, "I don't want to read this lesbian experience." No, I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, "Oh shit, it's gonna be just a fucking porn." And then he admitted it, saying, "I was hoping it was porn." I admitted it's like. <laughs> I mean, think about like 
last year we did like what that volleyball game with all their butts and boobs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Kajo. Don't you diss Kajo. That was one of the best things we read last year. That's a dead track record with like Daryl. How can I not expect that? <laughs> That's a fair point. I still think Kajo is one of the best things we've read on the show. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Does that flip oh, your man. opinion back around, Ryan? Where like, actually, he's irredeemable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to get back to all the, the things we did last year. That's what last year's for. So that's awesome. I would love. Oh wait, we forgot. We forgot Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> Yu Gi Oh is great, but I want to say that it was a Mazinger's paint. This yeah, is also uh... so weird. <laughs> he made that guy burn himself to death. <laughs> and you're like, I thought this was about Kurt. Yo, are you guys ready for Jump Force? Jump Force, the new fighting game from Shonen. Oh, Light is in it. Sure. Goku's in it. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh's in it. Now that Ryan's been reading manga, now he's finally like, oh, now I can recognize all these like characters and how like crazy. Yeah, now he's he... now he's informing yeah. us about Deku versus stuff. Goku. Who would actually uh, win Deku, this fight? Deku confirmed. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sean showed me the trailer yesterday. Like, what is this? <laughs> but anyway, there, there's a lot cool. of Shonen Jump games. Oh yeah, there is actually. I, was, I forgot about that. There's like a uh, franchise. It's new though. It's not out yet. But anyway, get hyped, that, everyone. Yeah, yeah get, get hyped. <laughs> For sure. I for Jump Force, Force, the worst named game I've ever heard. Yeah, get ready for fucking Kaiju to appear one day, hopefully. <laughs> so, okay, do we have anything else to add? It's been a good year for comics, maybe. I don't, we don't read enough modern stuff, and the only modern thing we're reading, none of us really like. Yeah, yeah, so I'm gonna say, no, it's not. We're reading fucking Heroes in Crisis. No. no. <laughs> so, I would love to hear our listeners' best and worst of what we've done, mm-hmm. but maybe, maybe best and worst books. I don't necessarily want to hear what our worst episodes are. Or our worst host. The worst hosts? Yeah. I do. Let's do it. Let's let's actually get, like, empirical evidence. Okay. I, I think we already know the results. Like, everyone knows it's going to be me. So, like, cause, like it's going to be you what? Best or worst? Oh, worst. Come on. I feel like I would pick Sly for both my favorite and least favorite hosts. <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> and the comic. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely let us know what your favorites and least favorite are. I guess hosts and episodes is fine, but, like, let us know what books, you know, if... Especially, I know after my lesbian experience uh, with loneliness, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners picked up the book, and, like, we talked about it in the Discord. So let us know in the Discord and the Facebook group, which is Oops, I Talk Device of Issues. And then, after you do that, also go on flyingmachine.network and check out the other shows. Like, Stranger Still, they just did an episode on the designer baby... You know how that ch- Chinese scientist, like, did gene stuff to, like, genetically engineer a baby? They CRISPR'd it. Yeah. And, you know, they talk about the ethical ramifications of that, you know, explain it a little bit better than just the, the headlines do. And, you know, I find that really interesting. It actually was on the news while I gave a lesson on uh, genetic engineering mm-hmm. in the background. And I was like, look, science is important. And then the kid fell back asleep. So good, good, work, good job. <laughs> you got him for like a second. Yeah, yeah, that for that one second, he was excited. I should have plugged Stranger Still. <laughs> so, yeah. And also, while you're on the Flying Machine website, you should read the new edition of my music blog. 33 and a third under 45 because I am halfway through a three-part series where every week this month I talk about an album from David Bowie's Berlin trilogy and I by the time this comes out there'll be two out and the last one will be out on Saturday so yeah check those out you guys have anything to plug try to avoid saying my butts (laughs) oh and thank you guys for supporting us for a whole nother year this year we launched the Patreon and had to read Heroes in Crisis so you're welcome yeah Yeah. you're welcome (laughs) doing your favor so thank you all for listening to Vice of Issues. I've been an honorable mention. I've been Phil's inspiration on metaphorical superheroes. I've been taking Slyonide. God damn. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> I, I'm I'm thankful we didn't read Lobo this year. <laughs> thank you all. Uh thank God. Um, <laughs> thank God. Uh, thank you to all and to all. Thank a God good night. for no Lobo. Stay in Lobo. <laughs> God damn. Thank God, no, you guys. <laughs> I give you the incredible flying machine. <laughs>